good news, everybody. Supernatural has been renewed for season 14. I'm sorry? Season 14 of Supernatural, because the Scooby-Doo crossover wasn't enough. We now have 14, we are entering our 14th season of Supernatural. Arrow will be entering its seventh season. Can't wait to see what new disappointments that brings on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Arrow has how many seasons? This will be Arrow's seventh season. Yeah. The CW just doesn't give a fuck. You know what? And I want to adapt. I, from now on, will be adapting a CW renewal policy to all of my fucking life things. As long as it's good enough. Or not even good enough. I'm in so much pain. Honestly, if I'm still breathing, it's it it's, you know, it's good enough. From a TV theory perspective, though, I hate to be that bitch at the start of the podcast, but yeah. pilot episodes are really, really hard. They're expensive, mm-hmm. and finding a solid pilot to bank on is, again, finding a new director with talent, finding a yeah. new writer with talent. And CW doesn't really know how to do that because they push away any talent that they have by having Mark Guggenheim still lurching around the fucking place yep. like the Crypt Keeper. Mm-hmm. So we end up in this scenario where they're renewing shows that aren't really doing well ratings-wise yep. and aren't really, like, anything good, but it is literally cheaper for them to keep creating mediocre television that no one is watching than spend a lot of money making a pilot episode. So that's where we kind of end up in this hellscape where we have seven seasons of a show that is so misogynist. I, 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 you could or write 14 you could, seasons of a show that is also how misogynist is it? We have to kill him. We have to kill Mark Guggenheim with our own two hands. Oh my God. Ava is Ray Ayanami. What? Son of a fucking bitch. All right, let's go I'm into so, the I'm episode. So- Okay, so first of all, who the fuck, what the fuck, what are you talking about? I keep coming back to this point where you jokingly reference Evangelion like you've seen it and then don't actually know anything. No, the whole joke is that none of us have ever actually seen it. I know! Wait, I just, I find it very weird that you don't, like, here's the thing is I have never seen, like, all of Evangelion either. But I have absorbed so much of it through osmosis. It's one of those things I'm like, I don't really need to watch it. I've already effectively seen it. So with that said, Ava and Ray come from that same place of like cloning blues and identity issues and stuff like that. And it just was one of the, and I'm I'm like, that really upsets me because that makes Rip Gendo Ikari. And I don't like that. Is that Shinji's dad? Yes, that's Shinji's dad. Because I knew what Shinji's name was, so I was able to use my context clues. (laughs) We're getting there. We'll get you there someday. It's really not, like, I mean, that's the thing, is it's, it's, it's... Maybe I don't want to be there. Maybe I don't deserve to be there. I, yeah, valid. That said, we're going to get into Ava's identity struggles later. Yeah. I think, I think we can start with what made me so happy. Well, I, first of all, hold on. We have to, first of all say that we have exciting news um the wednesday after the finale of legends of tomorrow and legends did get picked up for a season four which will be shot on katie's iphone as she's been yeah. doing those lip sync videos so that's exciting yeah, that will be at 8 30 p.m new york city time on my twitch channel which is twitch.tv uh slash cinnamon manser uh c-i-n-n-a-m-o-n 
E R 8:30 April 11th live recap all the fun of whatever the fuck this is live it'll be this but with a video camera and we're going to be wearing a lot of makeup cuz if you think I'm going on camera without That's assumed like, though. Yeah. I mean like here's the thing is I usually record this in my pajamas but if you think I'm gonna Yeah, I'm wearing pajamas. Yeah. I'm wearing I'm not doing the oh what are you wearing? I'm wearing a shirt and Yeah, if shorts, I can find so. I I want us to bedazzle our Praise Bebo shirts this weekend. So if I can find where I put mine we will bedazzle it. Oh fucking yes. They might be in in the in the closet dresser. The black I, I can never fucking find anything. You know that. I'll find it later. Don't worry. Okay. And um, that being said, please join us for a live. Don't tell Phil it's happening. Stephen Amell is not invited. He is actually Stephen Amell banned sucks from eggs. So enjoy enjoy your season seven without being able to go to a recap. Ugly. <laughs> so um, this week's episode is the 17th episode of the third season of Legends of Tomorrow. And it is titled Nate has read Twilight 22 times. Which is, like, pretty fucking wild, because I don't mm-hmm. understand... I, he has a lot of patience, and I guess maybe he doesn't understand Mormon allegories. Um, he's not very smart or good at things, which is... A which real, is why we love him. It's why we yeah. love him so much. I love him. He's a wonderful... He is, he, is, he is a dumb, good boy, and that's really all I ask. So let me just sort of... I want to get something out of the way very quickly. Yeah, go ahead. My number one, there's a lot about this episode that I think sort of attracted discourse... But my number one thing From was now on, in we will light- only refer to discourse as disc horse. Yes, it's a horse. It's a horse with a disc, and that's the only way we're going to refer to it. <laughs> I am. I am going to make a My Little Pony custom called the discourse, um, and then we're going to light it on fire. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be a bad idea. I think vinyl is probably really. Oh, it's cr- extremely like- toxic. We're going to die. Yeah. So don't light my I- stuff. <laughs> I think, okay. I think the perfect end to this stupid podcast is us dying because we light a custom vinyl horse called the Discourse on fire and we asphyxiate. Yeah, that's valid. That That's like the end of the anime club comic where they all just fucking die in a car. Like, that's us. Um, <laughs> there was a point to you this. ever doubted that oh, we right. were the um, anime in club light comic. Of, <laughs> in light of the very racist and very stupid article by some Lena Dunham wannabe knockoff. We already who mentioned not- that last week, though. No, I, yeah, yeah and we I, did. Every week, our beloved turf bangs, who I think this I episode... genuinely forgot we talked about it. I forget yeah. how long it's been. But with that in mind, anyway, so that bitch, it is yeah. so, mm. so wonderful. And Satisfying. I'm sure they didn't intend to do it because the episode had been filmed and shot. Yeah. But it's really nice to have this episode about how selfless and wonderful and perfect and amazing Amaya is and how much everyone so, on the team loves her. So good. To they come were- out, like, right after she put that out there because it just... They didn't mean for it to be, like, a how's it taste bitch kind of moment, mm, but it but was. Bitch, how does it taste? It was so good. Nick um, Vano will never fuck you. No. But it was, which is, like, again. And, um, like, also, that's not really an insult. That's. Yeah, that's really should, just a. You got off easy. Yeah, like, you, should be, you should be happy. I Why are you upset about this? Stop yelling. <laughs> I was right. I win. <laughs> but um, this episode, we were dreading it. And I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, there, the, yesterday we were literally yeah, texting no, each other Sunday and night, discussing. We had a full discussion, like, how the fuck are we going to handle this episode? Because it's going to be bad. And so I don't, I, I mean, maybe we just really fucking hate Gorilla Grodd. I think it's more like he keeps coming in at. Hi, I'm here to ruin moments. everything. 
It's more like when he comes in, they always play it up like it's going to be like a comedy, like, oh, it's so funny that Grodd's here, but also this episode is about the Vietnam War. And I'm like, you, especially after the clusterfuck of their utter failure to make the tone and mood of the show work with the World War One episodes, mm-hmm. I was burned hard by that, yeah, so I always and- get... I get yeah. very and and the last episode we were bitching about when we were basically like the zany wacky elements fell really flat. So given that this is a problem the show sometimes has where it goes too far on the wacky dissonance scale, mm-hmm. that having Grodd and Obama in the same episode was just like, oh my god, I thought this was going to just be. I literally thought I was going to have to like just fucking. We thought I, we were going to have to just like not even talk about the show this episode. Like we were really we had a we were like coming up plan. with things we could talk about that weren't legends, so we could avoid like, talking about it. It was like, bad. That's, that's who we are. Like they did that thing where it was really almost like a bait and switch to get people to watch because it like really oh, was and I'm it was like, and it's really funny because that's like the whole you know like super dickery right because your dad loves it. Of course I know a super lot of dickery. Explain comic- it to the viewers really quickly though okay super dickery is showing my age first and secondly it hey, was there was f- an entire batman brave and the bold episode dedicated to it, i know so. when did batman the brave and the bold come oh out oh my god uh-huh how Look old are we really i we've just been reading comics too long like comics I feel like are I'm, bad kids don't do it I, you end up old I, and gay I feel like fucking Sophie in House Moving Castle, Christ. Anyway, mm-hmm. Super Dickery was a website um, back in the pre-social media internet mm-hmm. where the whole conceit of it was posting covers of usually Superman behaving in like bizarre and out of character ways and situations that were kind of like it's really just there, like a, it was like things, a Mad Libs but drawn. Like they would be like Superman. They would, uh, Jimmy Olsen would be monster forced to marry a gorilla. Yeah, and, like, that was the big one. So a like lot. the Well, it happened a lot. And the thing is, is, number one, there was a rule back in the 80s during um, one of the DC editors who has never been named, um, and which is a shame, because as far as I'm concerned, they're a fucking hero, was, like, I cannot do any more goddamn fucking gorilla stories. If Where any is you this said- hero now when we need him? Yeah. So that's, like, that's, there's this whole weird relationship DC has with gorillas, and I don't, in any, I don't get it. But at any way, the thing about a lot of those comic covers is they were either resolved in, like, the first page or literally never mentioned. Because it wasn't like if you didn't like the comic, you were returning it. It's like the National Enquirer. Yeah, they were literally just. like, Queen Elizabeth is secretly i i can't That's queen elizabeth true, but... calls bill clinton it's over she says like <laughs> if i could do a bill clinton i would do it now but i can't so just picture me saying in a bill clinton voice elizabeth please elizabeth, lizzie why? please but um it i is call the her lizzie of, it is the sort of thing where um these comics were just sort of put out there so people go hey what the fuck and throw like a couple of cents their way because yep. this was back before comics cost like a third of someone's paycheck. So if they yeah. can hey, do remember that. remember when people bought comics? Yeah. Guys, here's, here's a fun historical fact. People used to buy comic books. I say, you know what? Fuck it. Bring back the gorilla. Um, But that means that this was sort of just like a, a wacky cover so people will buy it thing. And that was kind of the Obama angle of this episode. But it, wasn't... They, it was addressed with such an insensitivity and the Make America Grot Again thing in contrast yeah, that to was... the young Obama was so bad. Yeah. And like, I'm really glad that he only showed up in like two minutes of the episode. Like, and the, the joke they made was like that he and Barry Allen have the same name. Yeah. 
Like, it was definitely one of those things where the fact that it was paraded around as a way to draw viewers in was super disingenuous and baiting a sort of... I remember back when Obama first got elected for the first time, mm-hmm. the amount it, it was it was like there were certain parts of this country where saying his name was like akin to dropping the f bomb in public. And th- to have legends like bait that anger, which was always so racist. I yeah. mean, people were like were just like violently it was very bad. Like when they protested Obamacare for no reason and the signs they had at that. So it was re- it was really bad. It was really bad. It was mm-hmm. something our country never really acknowledged, and that's how we got yeah. Trump. There's a little history lesson. But with that, you I know... I mean, and then there's also the fact that, like, Obama was not a perfect president. There's no such no, thing as a perfect president. No, he wasn't, but this is, this is the sort of thing where, like, I also feel like we... Like it, I said, I was dreading other, this like episode, and someone sent me an ask, like, you don't like Obama? And I'm like, that does not even oh, come Jesus. within... That's- remotely understanding Here's what the I'm thing, talking about. Is, so if you're going to ask that, I don't even have the energy to explain to you what my I'm opinions feeling. Because about, it is beyond you. No, my opinions about his politics and the history and legacy of his presidency are political theory, which we are not discussing no, here. No, they podcast about that. like cultural theory. So I'm not speaking about Obama's legacy as a president in terms of legislation or diplomacy or whatever. I am speaking more about the culture that his election sort of revealed in America Mm -hmm. like to have that ad campaign surrounding the episode to have this sort of hype Mm -hmm. surrounding backlash against Obama being a reason to draw people in even if he wasn't really that bad in the episode even if he was just mostly Sarah's see it as like backlash I saw it as like Hey, it's Obama, haha. Which no, was, I meant back. I'm sorry, backlash in response. Like I, I should when I say backlash, I mean the backlash against Obama that sort of fueled Trump, and then so that's why we're no, referencing. I, ma- oh yeah, okay, that's what you meant. Okay, I, I also think that they felt got a lot of backlash from viewers who were like, "This is kind of offensive." Yeah, and maybe and maybe like, they cut were they courting that in? too? Yeah, probably they might have. But it's the sort of thing where they were mostly doing this to get people talking, but in the most insensitive way possible. And it doesn't really matter if Obama's role in the episode wasn't really very big. Yeah, it wasn't very big, and it's it the wasn't, way you like, advertised it, and the fact yeah. that you had him in general was just like Sarah could have gotten advice from Abraham Lincoln, known homosexual. Honestly, like, honestly, honestly, I know you say that, but that would actually be like Sarah getting advice. Sarah getting advice from a historical queer woman would have been really nice. Like, yeah. here's the thing is I'm pretty sure if Sarah told Gertrude Stein about her problems with Damien and Ava, she would just say, kill him, marry kill Ava. Him. Like, kill I Why is this a question? Stein Excuse to kill me. Damien Dark. Hello? I really do. I think she'd do it. Um... I would, so I guess it's a really low bar. But I think Gertrude Stein would have been a better choice, and then there wouldn't have been anything. Like, there was no reason. And it's the sort of question where I'm going to ask yeah. you this as yeah. a fellow criti- critic. Um, I'm a what? Do you th- I know. Do you think it would have been worse if they had gone the Elvis route and made Obama, like, a totem bearer and a central figure in the yes. plot? Yes. The worst thing they could have done was to have made... I mean, the worst thing they could have done was to like have this Obama plot but I think what we were really worried about most of all was that he was going to be super central to the plot and they were just going to handle it with no sensitivity with no just the legends fists of ham fists yeah, of let's glazed pretend, ham hold on then hypothetical because uh, hypothetical let's pretend that we made a wish on a non-cursed monkey's paw no, so and if we, if we cursed, you know that okay so if we made a wish on like a on a rabbit foot um okay, and we were fair. like 
okay, so we were like, uh, the Obama episode isn't going to be problematic because it's a magical hypothetical scenario. If the Obama episode was going to be not nothing problematic that's about... That's not possible. Yeah, I'm saying that, and I'm kind of like, no. But, like, that's the thing, is it's like, as much as it was offensive for him to they be marketed that way, yeah. it really could have been worse, but that doesn't this make... like they really I think my number one frustration is they yeah. could have avoided all of this. Yes! They really could have. They... Why did you do that? Like, and like, and here's the thing is I want to get, um, I honestly think it's a, it's a no win situation and there was no good way to do it. There's no, and I just think it shouldn't have. All right. I think we should just move on because again, I don't want to hammer this play too hard. So, um, let's get into the actual. I was going to be done. What'd you say? I said that was really all I had left to say. Yeah, no, I know you did. That's why I, I was, I was, I was saying it more for the listener than for you. Here's the thing is ultimately I, I don't even have to tell the listeners I hate Damien Dark. I think at this point it's a given. Yeah. I am even more mad at him now because I wanted so badly for Eobard to have a, to have a bit where he was having like hanging out with the team and yeah. being a villain, but up in the team's face. And we didn't get that. And this fucking asshole just sort of this saunters in. This piece of shit. Yeah. Wizard like, Mike just, Pence. He's just getting a ton of plot and narrative that could have gone to a better and more deserving villain. And that's really annoying. And it's secondly, like this whole thing with Nora is It's I pretty just, misogynist. I, just, I care about her. I could give less of a fuck about him. I'm hoping It's also kind Quas of like okay. why didn't you care about her when she was a little girl? When have you had the time to care about her now as an adult? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why is this the plot? Can yeah, we just it, it makes- kill him? And like, here's the thing. Like at this point, the line specifically that he had about "I'm sorry I killed Laurel. I wouldn't have done it" is not a line that we should see from Damien's point of view. It is a line that the Legends writers put in because they hate Mark Guggenheim. It's yeah. not for Damien. It's a hit at Mark specifically. And it really, and like that. And like, that was nice. I'm glad that they kind of told him to fuck off in yeah. that way, but. He could, he could, uh, I just, I refuse. I don't like that Nora's refuse. plot is about him. Basically. I feel like Nora like, on her own could have been way more interesting than without Damien toting. I mean, like, 100% only, because, yeah. Because you could have had a whole parallel between her wanting revenge for her father and Sarah feeling, yeah. like, conflicted about, like, Laurel and wanting to kill Nora as revenge yeah. for Laurel. And, and, like, it would have been a good way for them to come together. And then they just didn't do that. And then they made Nora's plot basically about Damien's struggle for identity. And that is so fucking it stupid. It's really gross, honestly. It it's really gross, is. It's stupid. Now I think we've Especially lost- since it runs alongside Nora being possessed, specifically. And we talked about the also, whole thing with possession. Malice had a powerless. really uncomfortable line with Nora. I might have. I. Do you want me I to repeat you? or do you want me to... He had a really uncomfortable think- line that implies that Nora had some kind of sexual Sabbath with the demon. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is, that is... And that is all, one sort of, they're like, that's what witches do, right? But seeing that the plot revolves around her father and how her dad's upset that she's possessed by a demon, it's it, bad, yeah, It's just another way for them, it's definitely a way for them to make it about Nora's, like, daddy issues and Damien's possessive controlling issues. And, like, if he, I think... The other thing is, is I am not even necessarily opposed to villains being good fathers. Yep. Um, 
I, 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 there have definitely been narratives where I've seen characters who were otherwise antagonists or villains having good familial relationships. And that was like, I've seen good narratives where like characters who were antagonists or villains had good humanizing family narratives. And that was a way to make them more sympathetic and relatable. But yes. the important thing was there is that they were a truly good parent. And the failing was, is that outside of that role as a parent, they were not a good person. And that was where they got called out, but they were a good parent. The problem with Damien is that he is not even a good parent because Nora has said in her own words that he was demanding, controlling, narcissist, all these literally like a textbook, narcissistic, abusive parent. So mm -hmm. I have a hard time finding it sympathetic or an, a, an odd point of sympathy for him that he's concerned about his daughter when his concern is not healthy and his relationship with his daughter is not healthy. So I can't consider it a yeah. redemptive point in his favor no, because he's still a controlling not. asshole. No. And yeah, the whole thing, like I just, it's very uncomfortable to have like, it's just gross, frankly, to have this sort of idea of like sexual possession and, yeah. and floated because it, it it's unnecessary. And this isn't the sort of, there's I mean, no not as bad as the throwaway line from last year's penultimate, but that was an extremely yeah. horrible bar to set. And also, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, is this episode, I, I think we were sort of expecting it to be the worst thing on the planet yeah. Earth. So the fact that the it, fact wasn't, it wasn't is, is a point in its favor. But like, there were, I mean, I just think... Nora's plotline is something that had a lot of potential that they all that they just gave to Damien for no reason. Like he didn't deserve they, it. He didn't deserve it, and I. But I almost feel like they were. And this is rich coming from a show that can't remember its plotline season to season. But I almost feel like they were afraid of not having a villainous holdover from last season. They were like afraid that yeah. writing in a new villain completely like would be too much for a new audience. So they wanted to have like some holdover, and I guess. Like, John Barrowman isn't busy. Just go find, like... Well, you heard what happened to John Barrowman, right? No. Okay, so apparently he did die last season on Arrow. Oh my god, don't fucking say that! I almost just had a... F I was about oh, to... Oh no, sorry, 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 no. And John Barrowman And Mark told him, like, the day they were shooting, he's like, oh, you're dying and you're not coming back. And John that's is like, and so I told them how I felt about that. And that's fair. And like this is a, and like, this that's is another exactly what they did to Katie Cassidy as well. They like called her. They're like, "Oh, Laurel's the one in the grave." Like Arrow Which, is so it, absolutely tasteless. It's the sort of thing too where I'm like, this is another big reason why a lot of the CW superhero shows are floundering because Mark Guggenheim and his little I mean, cabal I, of I wouldn't call I wouldn't call Greg an angel either. No, but like there is a complete unprofessional like this is yeah. the sort of thing where this isn't just him being a misogynistic monster yeah. allegedly this is him having really shitty business practices as yeah. a producer for television like this is the way that you burn bridges and make actors not want to work with you and tell yeah. their friends don't work with this guy he's an this asshole is how you piss i mean and like here's the thing is i you know i don't he doesn't work on the flash he doesn't touch the flash that's berlanti's show but the flash has pissed away every single one of its rogues well, that's another big thing where I'm like, I feel like Greg Berlanti has a similar attitude towards just treating I mean, the actor as disposable. Here's the thing is that the River Greg Berlanti is an EP on Riverdale and he also is an EP on Love Simon. So the Cheryl being like, I've seen Love Simon and now I realize I'm a gay was his idea. And then her grandmother being like, I guess you'll go to conversion therapy was also his idea. Like, can we please start calling white cis gay men out on their shit? And it's the sort of thing where it's like, maybe, like, it's like, if you, 
I understand as a queer person, maybe wanting to explore these issues, but I'm also like, can you maybe not do it through this venue? Like you are not, you may as an individual gay person Mm want to create a narrative to explore this. But if you put a shark in a kiddie pool, you can't be like, well, I put him in water. So why is he eating everybody? Like that's a weird metaphor. But my point is you can't put this really specific. Have I ever mentioned how much I, they, they break Cheryl out of the, out of conversion therapy, but fuck everyone else's drag. I all the other kids sitting there, like literally Kennedy Davenport, fuck my drag, I guess. Yeah, and, like, that's the sort of thing where it's, like, you don't have, this isn't the right show for it. Like, if you want to do a conversion therapy plotline, you need to produce a a show where that's, like, something that you, I do think you can explore as a gay man. This is part of our history and our culture. But you are not picking the best hills to die on, my good bitch. And. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's the thing is it seems to be this sort of attitude of treating the actors as disposable on these sort of shows, which is really fucking rich to me because it is the only the individual strength of some of these actors that saves mm-hmm. these shows from being a fucking disaster. So the Thank fact you, Candace, that Carlos, you two are yeah, the like, real fucking heroes. Like, yeah, like for real, though, like it's the sort of thing where like if you didn't have characters, like if you didn't have actors like Candace or Carlos, and if you hadn't had actors like Wentworth or Dominic or Andy, if you didn't have all these people doing a good fucking job, this would be a god awful fucking show because your writing isn't doing them any favors. I, and if you if you haven't, if you've noticed, Candace and Carlos have looked a lot buffer this season. It's because they're carrying the entire thing on their shoulders. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it makes me so fucking angry. Like it really does. It's a disrespectful way to treat anyone really, but especially in this kind of job and this sort of position that they have as producer where they do, it's not like in film where directors are really the ones running mm. the show. A producer has most of the day-to-day say in what goes on on a television yeah. show. So to treat your staff like this is shitty. Allegedly. Like, oh my god, holy shit. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly Everything allegedly, we've said is alleged. Jesus Christ! In any, in any, it, like, it just, I'm, I'm sorry, it makes me really mad. It's, it's just yeah. disrespectful yeah. and No, it is. It makes me angry as well. Allegedly, yeah. my so, rage. On a, on a less, on a is... less likely to get a sued note. Um, oh my okay. goodness. Um, All of this was alleged. You can't sue us, I swear to God. Yes. Um, I wanna, I don't wanna do any more rip discourse. I'm so tired. Okay, let's not, let's save the rip discourse for the very end. Yeah, that's fair. Can we talk about how, like, Wally was just gay and jealous? I was really hoping you would mention that Wally is gay and jealous, because I was about to mention that Wally is gay and jealous. Okay, so here's the thing. The reason this episode is called Nate Has Seen Twilight 22 Times is because the second old lady Amaya walks out, Nate is like, I have... He's, he's like, I have died Foxy every Grandma. day waiting for you. Darling, don't, are you singing the song from the Twilight? No. Are you? Which is really funny, because this was 1992, so there was no reason. <laughs> that is a retroactive reference. Um, Space Jam was out in 1992, right? He's going to take old lady Amaya to see Space Jam. <laughs> Oh god, that's awful. Um, I only remember that the Battle of Hogwarts happened the same year as Space Jam, so like that's my that's my that's the only reason I remember. Didn't I thought the Battle of Hogwarts happened in nineteen ninety seven? Oh, then I don't remember when Space Jam came out. I my time I, is a flat shrug emoji. So, um, they I, were definitely like Hogwarts. Everything that happened at Hogwarts and Space Jam are pretty close together. But I think the Battle of Hogwarts is nineteen ninety seven. And I swear to God, if I get a single ask about this, I don't give a fuck. I know. Don't, don't ever. Please don't talk. Like don't talk. I like do not I don't want to talk care. about Harry Potter ever again. 
I actually speak on, a, on a brief tangent. Do not correct me on this. On a I brief tangent, you know how we get mad about people needing to read another fucking book? Yeah. I was reading another book, which I will actually be doing a review of mm-hmm. um, through another podcast soon. Uh, look for that. I will post it on my Twitter. Yeah. But the back of the book summarizes Six of Crows as Harry Potter meets Game of Thrones. And I'm not going to spoil it, but it's not. It's not that. So I'm so fucking tired of everyone just being like, is there a dragon in this? Are there magic? This is the Harry Potter book. I'm so... Everyone needs to read another book. Another book. I will literally settle for Hop on Pop at this point. I I will will literally... Socks and socks. If anybody could read... If you could... like, Because every time I'm like, read a book, and then everyone's like, I've read Harry Potter, and I'm like... I will, at this point, it doesn't count as a book. It just okay, doesn't. I will, at this point, I would literally, if you read the one about the fucking Sneetches. That was actually, that was a legit, that was, that was a legit one. Yeah. Um, read a book. That was, read the places Chuck, Chuck you'll jo- go. Have I discussed how Chuck Jones did the animation for most of the Dr. Seuss animated shorts? No, you haven't, but we don't have the time. We don't have the time, but okay. it, just so you know, he did. Um, in any case, uh, so, right. So, like, Wally's Nate and Mayo were so fucking... Like, here's the thing about this plot, because you mentioned at the beginning that this episode is that Amaya is the best forever, and that's true. So because Nate loves her so much. And because Nate loves her so much, but, like, when she goes to help her village, what Sarah says is, Zari, try to find a loophole. Like, Zari says, maybe I can find a loophole, and Sarah just goes, okay, do it. And then when they realize they can't find a loophole and that Malice is going to break out, they literally all go, would we rather hurt Amaya and make her sad or face a demon? And everyone yeah, just and like goes, they're literally demon, demon, hard demon. Like the fact that uh, this goes back to remember when Nate was like, "I will personally pull malice out of the underworld with my bare fucking hands mm-hmm. if Elvis gets to make his music." Like this was that, but for like a noble cause. Like they were all. There is something good, and this is when we come back to the fact that this team loves and cares about each other so much. Is they are absolutely one hundred percent and completely willing they to are the deal most with this ride or die. Yeah, like, and they were willing because they trust each other and themselves enough to take care of this new threat, mm-hmm. but they couldn't bear to see Amaya suffer anymore. And given how much suffering, yeah. like we discussed last week, that she's kind of been through being on the Wave Rider, that there's something very good about smart that. call show-wise. Because yes. I was really like, how are they going to handle this? How are they going to handle this in a way that isn't super insensitive and gross? Yeah. And the show said, you know what we're going to do? We're actually going to do the right thing for once. And I said, Phil, yeah. you shouldn't have. And he said, how did you get this number? I just had it changed. Jesus. So anyway. But it is, it is, it was very nice that they were not only calling Amaya selfless and kind and generous. They were saying, we are going, you are allowed to ask this of the world and we will help you see that it is done. Like, like that was They good. literally said, honestly, the world deserves, like, because even last season, Sarah handed Amaya the spear and said, you deserve it. Change your destiny. Like, yeah. the legends have always, and then they kind of pulled back, but at the end of the day, the legends are always, like, the world deserves to be what Amaya wants it to be. Oh, always. And Amaya and Jax. And it is, it is correct. But Amaya and Jax were both, like, Ray might have been the moral, mm-hmm. like, like, heart, but Amaya and Jax were the moral compass. They all, and that's why I can't wait for I, Jax to be. I have honestly been feeling the absence of Jax and Martin really hard. Yeah. It, it, and, it's, like, it's them, been heavy. Adding, we don't know if Keenan's going to be a regular for season four. We know that um, Matt Ryan is, and we know that Jess McCallan is going to be regular for season four. And Which it's is kind of nice. one of those things. It's nice, but it also means we're again playing like shuffleboard with the characters. Which is exhausting. Which is very exhausting. And like, I do, like, there's just a part of the way that Jackson Stein tied the team together that just cannot be replicated. And that I yes. feel really strongly, and I'm very sad it's gone. 
Yes. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Victor, whenever you're done being successful on Broadway, come please back. come back. Please, please. Your city needs you. But, like, it was, please I mean, come back. as much as I miss. Please come I back, Grandpa. Victor. I miss, I miss Pop-Up immensely. And Fran, just I bring am... the baby. It doesn't matter. Jax can just have a baby. We won't ask questions. I, at this point, a baby on the ship is fine. But, like, it's the sort of thing where they gave so much to the show. Hold on, baby that... on a ship. We already have Nate. Done. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. But it is the sort of thing where I just, I want to see Jax back. I have missed him very much. There's nothing really critical or theory thinking about this. This isn't a very smart thought. I just miss him very I much. I miss and him I would like real to see bad. Him back. I sad. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I'm just like, here's the thing is I can just honestly say he's a wonderful character. I miss him. He contributed a lot to the show and I want to see like, him. Like, I honestly, and this is kind of, I honestly forgot that Wentworth was on the season again because he was on very briefly. And that's fair. But I think that's how we wanted it. Of because I think Jackson Stein were on for so long that it's like we had more time yeah. to process Len being gone, and not yeah. that I'm happy about it, but Mick did get to develop in his absence. Yeah, losing Jackson Stein. If we had just lost Stein, I think it would have been sad, but we we could have seen Jack sort of develop without mm -hmm. him. Just and bring that the been, baby on the show. And I'm hoping now that Franz is done being a dad for a little while. He's he, done. He, he put can, the uh, baby. It's like that article in People about the teen mom it's, that's taking a break from her toddler. We both have her. Through. She literally says, and I quote, we, we're just doing our own things. I've got my life and she's got hers and her child was two years old. Again, frankly, I'm glad she says that because that is um, exhibit A on why she shouldn't be a parent. And secondly... <laughs> Uh, Franz threw his baby in the Fire Emblem ba baby realm, so that baby is going to be like 15 in a couple of months, so there's that to look forward to. Um, could I, you, could, I I love, I love okay, the baby in the realm. game, in the Incest Dragon game Fire Emblem. I've in never played it, but let me, let me explain it. Excuse me, I'm, I'm explaining it. Okay. Incest Dragon game, where no. genetics are based on hair color, if you throw your, um, incest baby into a magic baby dimension, it comes out... Not with webbed feet, but extremely powerful. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. is I can't... You know what? Fates is the incest one. It was Fates and Genealogy of the Holy War. So you're not wrong, and I think I'm more upset that you're not wrong. But I'm also very happy because it means you have been listening. I always assumed you were listening to me talk, but it's nice to know that there was something... I absorbed at least 10% of it. That's valid. That makes me happy. Thank you very much. That, okay. that makes me very um, appreciated. Oh my I god. Are we going to talk about the fact that John Noble was in this episode briefly? Yeah, it was, it was, that, it was, remember like, the Muppets explain, when they kidnapped Jack Black? Let me explain to you how they, the fact that they were like, hey, this actor sounds a lot like Malice. And like, they just breathed the surface of realizing they're in a television show like their hands are against the camera like they're yeah. kind of figuring it out and then they're like it's a, it's a very what if ray shrinks real small and gets in nora's ear and i was like oh thank god yeah well it's the sort of thing where it, there is a specific sort of designation for mm -hmm. stuff that is like known as leaning on the fourth wall and that was very that wasn't like fourth wall breaking where there's a full acknowledgement that it's a fictional construct but there was sort of this conceit where the characters were like leaning on the concept of it, mm -hmm. and we knew that they were very close, and so it wasn't quite it a total terror. fourth wall the, break. It was the closest thing to fear this show has ever made me feel. Yeah, it was a very being John Malkovich moment, and I was like, I don't like this. Also, how um, dare you imply that Ray and Nate don't know who John Noble is? Because any person that has a daddy kink 
knows yeah. who John Noble is. And I know this because I know people who have a very specific thing for John Noble. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you would have that. Yeah. And they Here's fit the directly into that archetype of person. Here's the thing is I'm very, very disappointed that they blew their load with John Noble as this knockoff Skeletor. Mm -hmm. Because with Constantine on the show... I am personally starting a Kickstarter to get the, the Endless on next season, and John Noble would Guys, have been such a... Guys, we only need, like, $12, please. It's fine. We will literally just throw some, like, black paint on a long coat and throw it on Neil Gaiman, and we're fine. And, um, it's... I would have given a lot of money to have John Noble voice or be Morpheus, and we didn't get that, and we're not going to get that, and it does hurt my heart a little, because he would have been great. Um, yeah, but... do you want to talk about what Malice actually looks like? Can, the, can Dungeons and Dragons Big, sue them for cutting and pasting something out of the monster manual? I want to say no, because DC is owned by Warner Brothers, and I think Warner Brothers owns Hasbro somewhere, where they're connected somehow. Hold on, I'm going to fucking do the research on this. Because Hasbro owns Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to take Phil to court. Yeah, hold on. You guys think like, Dungeons, I'm Googling it, Dungeons and Dragons. Who I know owns, owns Parent Company? Parent Company. Dungeons & Dragons parent company? It's Hasbro, I just told you. I know it is, I know it is. It's now owned by Wizards of the... Well, first of all, Wizards of the Coast, which I always love that they're called Wizards of the Coast. You know that. Same, but Wizards of the Coast publishes so the play manuals, but Hasbro own owns the rights to characters. But, um, in um, any... No, Hasbro and DC actually bump heads a lot, especially over Transformers toys. Oh, that's really funny. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So, um, Phil, you're getting sued. That's fair. So were we. So, you know. I, no, all of our stuff was alleged. We didn't, if Phil had just put allegedly over the giant demon he stole out of the Dungeons and Dragons monster guide, he wouldn't get sued. But unfortunately, we're smarter and better at the law than Phil Clemmer. That's not hard. Allegedly. I will say this. He looks like, he looks like a shitty knockoff version of Tim Curry's character from Legend. So you that's. implying Tim Curry is anywhere near this show just cost Phil $300. That's, I hear it. You know what? I know you say that. I he would have so much fun being on he this show. A lot of fun with Legends. I Maybe really, too much fun. I'm a little I worried. I really want Tim Curry on this next season. I don't. But then he's going to insist on kissing John's character, and I'm like, and like you know what? Valid. If Gary and John fine. wake up in bed just with Tim Curry, the actor, <laughs> it's gonna make perfect sense. It's gonna be too meta, what and we we can't afford fuck that. What happened this week? Oh right. Everybody, oh, okay. everybody I, got a totem. You get a totem. You get a totem. Everybody gets a totem. And uh, they they forgot that they would have to pay taxes on the totems and they can't afford those. But uh, I actually want to talk Rift about, um, I know I just Rift said course. about how, oh, no, 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 no. I don't even, I, no, we're never um, going to talk about it I want to talk about, um, remember how I just said everyone needs to read another book? Here's yes. your other book. The Last Unicorn is a book that I think I have referenced more times than should be legal. Yeah. But no, it's not I, Harry you're Potter. You're going to have so to start can't. paying a royalty to that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Apologies to Peter um, S. Beagle. But Ava's plotline is two things. One, it's just a mafia. Mm -hmm. And two, I actually want to talk about this in the context of trans identity. I'm going to get a little sentimental, so bear yes. with me. But yes. there was a very good line that she had when Sarah says... Sarah says a lot of things, and I actually do. I do want to uh, take a second because this is a really meaningful interaction for me. But when Sarah says, "I'm going to tell you something that's going to like to save us and change us for the better," and then she tells Ava she loves her, 
again, we are explicitly putting queer love at the forefront. We are saying this is healing, this is saving, this is life-changing for the better. This is a wholesome and like and pure thing, and that is so f- fucking meaningful. That is some good shit. That is stuff that I I couldn't imagine seeing on TV 10 years ago. That matters. That means something. And then on top of that, for Ava's reaction to be, you can't, you won't love me when I'm a unicorn. Mm -hmm. But also, she's literally like, you can't love me. There is no me. me. That is such a, like, that is such a dysphoria mood. Yeah. Like, that is such a, like, I have felt that way a lot. And the idea, hold on, sorry. Yeah, go The idea of Ava, Ava's struggle in the past couple of episodes has been, being completely disconnected from her body and her sense of self in a way that super resonates for me as a trans person. And I know that they're not, you know, I I understand that that's all sort of like not maybe how it was written, but it's something that I think makes me very happy to see because her struggles for identity are taken seriously and you can apply like gender theory to them. And I really... And I just, I find that very meaningful. I find the fact that Sarah and Ava's love is held up as this wholesome, life-saving, world-saving force amazing. And it was just such a good scene. And I loved it. And I love the two of them. And um, I just love Ava. Yeah, no, it was, oh my gosh. And like Ava sort of pulling back and going back into rules because she feels like she's losing complete control of everything else is also, like it made perfect sense her character arc is actually very logical right now and staying on yeah. track. And then I'm really glad that we actually are getting Jess next season because there's a lot that they means could do there's going this. to be a lot more explored. And that's one of those things where I'm like, well, they're adding John, they're adding Ava, they're adding new characters, who knows? And then I'm like, it's actually kind of good that we don't know where they're going to go. It's not great that they don't know where they're going to go. But yeah. we as the audience, like, and that's sort of the beauty of Legends is that they can the do anything they want. Um, and then that is apparently also a bad thing and we've given them too much freedom and need to pull it in, but sometimes they actually do decent things. Well, it's, it's a double edged, (laughs) it's the closest I think any superhero show has come to being an anthology style series. Yes. Like this is almost like an anthology show Mm -hmm. with a constantly rotating cast and like completely shifting stories. And like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we're at the point where I'm like always uh, here. There will always be episodes where the show trips over its own dick, but it's for Brandon's the most, dick, first of all, yeah, for the most part, it's a very fun ride. And even the bad episodes, while they're awful, are just awful. But they're you can sort of push so... them aside. They don't have lasting consequence. Like they literally retconned all of Doomworld. That's the and like that's the really good that, that's the double edged sort of the fact that Legends is just like a cosmic retcon of a show is that when there is a good episode it might not always have an impact but when there's a bad episode you're not thinking oh my god it's not like we're still hearing about the shitty episodes from mm-hmm. last season and that is for the best so this is a show that never looks back and that is not necessarily it 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 has its own set of pros and cons sometimes i think especially in the modern age of television mm-hmm. we've had a lot more shows that have gotten very popular like arrested development and community and um mm-hmm. more serialized shows like the ones that they put on hbo they get popular because they make a viewer watch seven seasons of something to mm-hmm. understand the final three episodes there is a lot of looking back and self-examination mm-hmm. and you have to be sort of closely watching and like that's still 
still good TV. I think it's good when TV rewards you for being careful. But I think there's also something to be said for the fact that Legends does reward you for being careful, but not in terms of its plot, because it actively punishes you for that. But in terms of its character development, Mick of this season is a fundamentally different human being than Mick of the first season. And that is something that is very very rewarding. It is. It's genuinely rewarding. The reason the show gets away with being a good anthology is because it is, at its core, a show with incredibly strong characters, which I honestly think is why you and I gravitated towards it. Yeah. Because if you're a fanfic writer, this is the exact sort of show you want. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a show where the character development comes first, most of the plot can sort of be thrown aside, and narrative arcs about character development Mm -hmm. are given more weight and continuity than any sort of plot stuff. So yeah. you're able to sort of play with them and develop them and sort of write a lot of like, what are they doing when they're not fucking up time in a way that makes sense. And that's part of why I love the show. It's not perfect. It's definitely not. I don't think it's for everybody, yeah. but it it's- knows. I think the number, a lot of the problems the show has outside of sometimes just being incredibly problematic. Yeah. Come less yeah. from, come less from when that happens and more when they get scared of the fact that that's what they're doing. Like, when they try to deviate from mm-hmm. that, when they try to not play to their strengths, they don't really know how to, so they just flounder. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, this you know, that's the, the good thing about that is even when they kind of flounder and fuck up, because of the nature of the beast, it will be forgotten next episode. Mick and Zari's whole thing last episode wasn't brought up. <laughs> yeah, no. Nice to be able to forget that. Well, like, Mick actually be- automatically this episode... Sarah was like, kill him. And Mick's like, you got it, boss. And I'm yeah. like, and we're back. Yep. And like, that's nice. I just do, I want to, I want to make a quick thing about Rip Hunter because we're not going to discourse yeah. about it because two yeah, things. One, Rip is probably going to die next week. It hurts me. It hurts It makes us. me sad. It makes us sad, but he is in Because well, it's the sort of thing where I just yeah. want to, like, the thing about Rip probably dying is like, I remember back during like the Victorian vampire episode, I was going hard for him. I was defending him. I was rationalizing a lot of his behavior. And, like, that's valid. I don't think I... I wasn't wrong. No, I don't think so. But the problem is, is that they're not following through with it because Mm. of a lot of factors outside of the show's control. I do think he had potential for growth and development. But, like, when you called him a plot device last night, I was like, that's really just all he's become. Mm -hmm. And that makes me sad because there was a lot of potential for him as a character, and it was just... They, Arthur Darville and the show were like ships passing in the night. There was nothing that could be done. And that disappoints me because Rip had a lot of potential. But at so this point, it's just been... bye Arthur Darville. It just makes me sad. Your I really loved it. And, and I do candles. love and care about Rip. And he will still exist in yeah. my fanfic. Of course. Because that's the Everybody's still in my fanfic. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's the sort of thing. It's like the good thing about Legends is, like, you can just go back to that. And it won't really be a big deal. But... It's, mm-hmm. It does make me sad to see him go. It, um, and the other thing is that... He's very English. He's That's very, really all I, I have mean, to say about the discourse. Here's, here's, he's very here's English. what I have to say about the discourse, is that two things. One, uh, you know, like, you don't have to like a character who's the most morally upstanding person. And, like, this is the thing, is that Rip has always been sort of interesting and a little devious, but now he's kind of... I mean, they like don't. They, they won't expound on that. Yeah, we know he's all these things. So, but fundamentally, they won't tell us why. And now I'm kind of like, oh, you don't like Rip, and he's just a plot point. Natalie Portman clapping image. But yeah. all you need to know about this week is that there's that scene in the newsroom, the show, where Don asks um, Sloane to be the anchor oh, of Elliot's news hour because Elliot is out sick, 
and Sloane isn't sure she's ready, so she asks Don, what about this person? What about that person? Because he comes to her and he says, you're my first and only choice. And she goes, well, what about this person? He goes, she's got the flu. What about this person? Her dad's sick. What about this person? He's on vacation. And she goes, so, and he goes, yes, you are my fourth and only choice. And like that, I watched, and rewatched that, that scene. Is that literally is literally what, it is shot for shot what happened. <laughs> Fuck you, because I was literally going to say it was a beat for beat remake. I yeah. hate that we are just the same person saying the same shit. It's exhausting. Yeah, but I hate that it's... we are, a, we're just a bunch of sorkinisms that somebody put breasts on. <laughs> it's, it's really annoying because I never know when it's my turn to use the brain. No, but... God! <laughs> but it is the sort of thing where like he's just he is again I, I almost don't want to comment on his character because I truly don't th I don't know if it's going to matter anymore so I don't yeah. care like as awful as that is I don't want to have discourse I don't want to argue about character character motivation development and intent because I truly don't think Legends is going to continue building on it or doing anything with him so I refuse to care I refuse to devote energy to it and I think at this point if you're being an asshole to somebody over it who this is the mm -hmm. not the fucking show to try to claim moral and intellectual superiority over lads make your own podcast or don't or don't this it's probably exhausting. better if you don't i mean you can it's feel a, free to make your own podcast we're all we're all like don't let me God. stop you we're all but it doesn't make God. you cooler we're not we're not cooler because we've made this and i think we anything, would even i think we've gotten worse yeah, we've definitely gotten worse. <laughs> but, if anything, um, my therapist is more concerned now than she was a few months ago. Like, valid. You know um, what, Karen? Which is my therapist's <laughs> name. Maurice, you're not going to fucking believe this. Listen, the ultimate, the, the the only thing I really care about this episode is everyone loves Amaya and Sarah and Ava are in love. And that's great and beautiful. And I'm very happy about that. And uh, that's my uncritical hot take. All right, next week is the finale. They're in the West. It's gonna be a Yeehaw. it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess, but I don't want to actually say too much about it because like then we're doing it we're gonna do it live, so I think that we don't want to ruin the magic of it. So that's fair. Um, so. we'll see you guys next week. Please stay yeah. away from all discourses. Yeah, at this point, like like guys, for real, Legends of Tomorrow. It's not worth it. They said recording a podcast for it. It's truly. I mean, here's do the you thing: is be I like us. Yeah, number one, don't be like us. And secondly, it's really, truly, if you ever, because I have been in fandoms where it has been emotionally compromising for me to continue being in them, mm -hmm. it's never worth it. I mean, Take a step back. I'm both very happy, but if you are emotionally compromised or you think that's something, like, you do not owe anybody anything. You don't. Never, never ever. You just don't. I don't care if you're making content. I don't care if you're just sort of reblogging shit. You don't owe it to anyone to continue being in a fandom if it's harmful for you. Take a step back if you got to. No one's going to judge you. Mm -hmm. And um, big fingers so take crossed. Care of yourself. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might get canceled. Big fingers yeah. crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. So You'll maybe know. we'll have oh news God. next oh week. And if not, we might do a special if they do get canceled. So we're just, it's just going to be, it's just going to be, so, just mm -hmm. be me crying into the fucking camera so that'll be fun uh see you guys next week i'm really excited to do the live show i hope you guys are excited to do it yeah, yeah. It, uh tune in if you have questions also i guess in advance if your questions are about stuff that isn't from the finale yeah uh, um we will I, take advanced totally questions and we'll take live questions and yeah. please i said this on the flyer please only one question you can either ask about nick zano being italian or about brandon's dick but you cannot ask both one I, per everyone person. Everyone want to know about Brandon's dick. Okay, one per person. And again, That's... number one rule: don't tell Phil. Okay. Yeah. Good night, okay. everybody. This was Good a mistake. Good night, everybody. <laughs>